Welcome to Backlog Books. My name is Kara. This is the podcast where I talk about what I have been reading lately. Thank you for listening, and please be prepared for some spoilers. In a truly ambitious move, this time I'm going to cover four books. Not sure what I was thinking when I planned this episode. They are short young adult fantasy novels, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Definitely. Let's get started. This time I am talking about The Circle of Magic Books by Tamora Pierce. These books were published between 1997 and 1999. There are four of them, as I said, all around 250 pages. I'm not very impressed with their titles because they're just titled Character's Name and then Book. So the first book is literally called Sandry's Book, and the second is Tressa's Book. They had cooler names published in the UK. Kind of sad that they were not the American versions. I read all of these books in December of 2020. Listen, when I said I was going to read 10 books in December, I meant it, and I did. I'm very proud of myself. Our author, Tamora Pierce, was born in 1954. She has written over 20 books. Probably her best-known series is the Song of the Lioness Quartet. She recently started a Patreon where she posts her writing and some cat updates. I will include a link to that in the show notes. Here is the summary for the first book in the Circle of Magic series. With her gift of weaving silk thread and creating light, Sandry is brought to the Winding Circle community. There, she meets Briar, a former thief who has a way with plants, Daja, an outcast gifted at metalcraft, and Triss, whose connection with the weather unsettles everyone, including herself. At Winding Circle, the four misfits are taught how to use their magic and to trust one another. But then disaster strikes their new home. Can Sandry weave together four kinds of magical power and save herself, her friends, and the one place where they've ever been accepted? I have a lot of love for Tamora Pierce. I picked up one of her books when I was 12, and since then I think I have read at least one book of hers a year. She writes books in two different settings, Tortal and Emelon. Both are medieval fantasy, but otherwise pretty distinct. Though Pierce has written more in Tortal, I believe, the Emelon books are so good, and if you like Pierce and haven't read them, I really encourage you to pick them up. In fact, the Circle of Magic series is the first set in Emelon. This series is about four magical kids, Sandry, Triss, Daja, and Briar, learning to accept who they are, their magic, and their new home. These kids are young, these are young adult books, and you seldom get a YA book with a protagonist who is over 18. They are brought together and learn that they have unusual magic. Each book spends some time developing the relationship between the kids and the kids' relationships with their teachers. The main storylines, however, usually focus on one of them doing something spectacular and dangerous with their magic in order to save the day. The first book is Sandry's book. In the UK, it's called The Magic and the Weaving, which I think is a much better title. Anyway, we're going to keep going. 
The first part is literally just bringing the kids together. Each of them is found in a dangerous situation. Sandry is locked in a hidden room, which is meant to keep her safe from the plague and riots going on outside, but the only person who knows where she is has died. Daja is the only survivor of a shipwreck that killed her entire family. She's floating on a log in the middle of the sea and has no expectation of being rescued. Briar is a street rat and a thief about to be sentenced to a lifetime in labor camps. And Triss has been shunted between so many family members and has now been put in the care of a temple, except the temple is about to kick her out as well. Each of them is found by Nico Goldeye, whose magic specializes in sight. He gets glimpses of the future, he can find hidden things, and he pulls each of them out of these situations. At the moment, they're so sure everything will end for them, and he takes them to the one place that will accept each of these wayward, strange children. That place is Winding Circle, a temple where mages can dedicate themselves to the Living Circle religion, which is not the focus of these books at all, but is something I found interesting. Even in the temple, these kids are struggling. They're unable to connect with their peers or accept how their lives have changed. Sandry keeps getting into arguments and fights. Triss won't talk to anyone. She's afraid to make friends in case she's abandoned again. Briar keeps stealing knives and looking for escape routes, and Daja dreams of returning to her people, the traitors. Finally, they are moved all together to a cottage on the temple grounds called Discipline, where they will be cared for and taught by Rose Thorn, who is a plant mage like Briar, and Lark, who is a thread mage like Sandry. This book was my first introduction into cottage core, I would say. And cottagecore is like a, a genre or an aesthetic, and the central idea is to live a simple life in harmony with nature. So you have a small home and you are self-sufficient, you grow your own food and you live in peace with nature. The idea is so peaceful and idyllic, and it's just the sort of escape that I love in my fiction. But it doesn't stop with living at peace with nature or living in harmony with nature because these books are also about what happens when people try to control or subvert nature. In Sandry's book, while the four children learn about their magic and tentatively become friends, the country is in strife. There have been earthquakes happening all summer. But one of the benefits of living in a country full of mages is that these mages can scry and predict when horrible things will happen, like earthquakes. But what they can't predict or foresee is that another living circle temple will try to trap the power of an earthquake. This temple, far away and full of people that should absolutely know better, only manages to amplify the power of the earthquake, and they just make it worse. And this temple is destroyed, and the quake continues on stronger than before and heading for Winding Circle. Sandry, Triss, Briar, and Daja, who are still figuring out how to even be friends and how their magic works, are trapped together underground when the magically enhanced earthquake rolls through Winding Circle. Trapped. 
Sandry has to face her fear of the dark and use her thread magic to spin their nascent powers together in order to keep them alive. She keeps them together and they keep each other alive and safe until their teachers can rescue them. Which is another thing I appreciate in these books. The teachers are always there at the end to help the kids out of trouble and finish up the rescue. Book two is Triss's book. Triss is a weather mage able to predict weather and control it to an extent. She learns quickly from the earthquake and her own experiments that natural forces can be directed but can seldom be completely controlled. Triss is reclusive. She's scared that she'll be thrown out again. But she's gradually been opening up to the other kids and making friends, even though part of her still feels disconnected from the temple. Triss's cousin Amory passes through Winding Circle, and Triss has to face the fact that none of her family wanted her. But now that it seems her magic might be worth something, their interest in her is renewed. In some ways, it's tempting. How could it not be to a young girl abandoned by her family? The chance to be accepted, even when they kicked you out in the first place, is pretty tempting. Emelon is still recovering from the earthquakes not long ago. Their magical protections around the city and temple are messed up, and every scrying tool in the temple breaks mysteriously. That's not a good sign. The watchtowers for the port are blown up and no one can figure out how or why. And everything comes to a head when a fleet of pirates attacks Winding Circle, armed with cannons, fantasy cannons. Triss discovers that her cousin is working for the pirates. He betrayed Winding Circle, broke all their scrying tools, and opened the gates because he is deep in debt to the pirates. Triss, angry, against the orders of every very sensible adult, takes to the battlements and helps to destroy the fleet of pirates attacking her new home. And of course, her friends are there with her, Daja, Briar, and Sandry, fueling her magic with their own and sheltering her. They're nearly killed by the pirates' mages, but once again, their teachers are there, pulling them to safety. Triss is able to use her new power to protect her new home and her new family. Book three is Daja's book. Don't worry, this time the disaster does not happen at Winding Circle. They travel with the Duke of Emelon, who is Sandry's great-uncle, as he rides around the country trying to figure out how to help his people when his treasury has been depleted by earthquakes and pirate attacks. They visit a valley that immediately worries the plant mages. Rose Thorn, who is Briar's teacher, can tell that there have been no forest fires for years and that there is a mage in the valley whose sole job is to prevent fires. Rose Thorn is horrified. This goes against nature. Remember what happened when we tried to mess with an earthquake? Forest fires are an important part of an ecosystem like this. They burn away old debris. No fires means the forest debris has built up for over 20 years. This valley is due for a catastrophic fire, and soon. But this is Daja's book. Daja, a lone survivor of a shipwreck, was exiled from her people as bad luck. If any other trader saw her, they would pretend she didn't exist. 
Events, of course, transpire. Daja has a chance to connect with a caravan of traders and remember what her life used to be like. And she misses it so much, her family and old way of life. As the trader caravan leaves, Daja travels with them to say goodbye, and of course, the forest fire we've been expecting starts as the caravan gets into the woods. Daja, out in the middle of it, separated from her friends and teachers and surrounded by people who barely acknowledge her, is the only one with the slightest chance of getting them out alive. Pulling on the strength of her friends and the wisdom of her teachers, Daja redirects the fire and saves the caravan. At the end, she's given a choice. She could return to the traders and her old way of life, but being a trader would mean giving up her craft. She wouldn't be able to be a smith anymore. She would just be a mage. And the thing about Daja and all these kids is that she's not just a mage. It's intrinsic to who she is that she's also a smith and a craftsperson. Her magic speaks to her in the forge. And Daja, despite the temptation, decides to stay at Winding Circle with her new family. Book four is Briar's book. You may be wondering what could possibly happen next. After earthquakes and pirates and forest fires... In Briar's book, there is a plague. I will say this, Pierce really did her homework. Every page held a familiar fear. We begin back at Winding Circle. Briar and Rose Thorn go on their usual monthly trip into the city to help the poor and distribute medicine. While in the city, Briar finds one of his friends suffering from an unusual ailment. He takes her to Rosethorn, who also can't identify the illness. Then another patient is brought in with similar symptoms, and another, and Rosethorn makes the call to start quarantine. Briar and Rosethorn are trapped in this quarantine in the city, away from their home and friends. Eventually, they work out a diagnostic test. This is magic diagnosing, and Briar and Rosethorn are allowed to return to Winding Circle confident they aren't infected. Rosethorn sets to work to create a vaccine, fantasy vaccines, yay, and more problems arise. The temple is unprepared for an outbreak. They're nearly out of supplies, the masks and gloves and diagnostic kits that they need, and everyone is put to work making these supplies and trying everything they can think of to find a cure. This probably would have been a good one to recommend at the beginning of the pandemic. If you had young adults in your life who wanted to understand more about how pandemics work and what we can do to slow or stop them, Pierce does a really good job of explaining what they're doing and why they're doing it and why it helps. Obviously, some of the magic stuff doesn't apply, but the rest of it is really accurate. Briar and Rose Thorn work long days and nights to create a vaccine, but before they can, Rose Thorn catches the plague. They keep her isolated at home, making sure she's comfortable. She's a powerful mage, but her magic is nearly used up. She starts to slip away from them, and now it's Briar's turn to jump into risky magic to save someone he loves. 
he ties his magic to Rose Thorn and jumps after her while she's dying. He is determined to do everything he can to save his mentor, and if he can't save her, then he will die with her. And of course, the girls, Triss, Daja, and Sandry, are right there with him. Rose Thorn returns to the land of the living, brought back by the power and determination of these kids and their love for her and each other. One of the benefits of rereading books, even and especially young adult books, as you get older, is that there is always more to discover. As a kid, reading this, I was focused on the magic and the adventure. Reading it this time around, I was really struck by the Living Circle religion and the respect for nature as a powerful force to be respected and not messed with. I have extra sympathy for the adults who keep trying to make these kids not do horribly dangerous things. And honestly, who hasn't wished for the power to save those we love from horrible situations like earthquakes or plagues? My final word on the Circle of Magic series, I love it, obviously. These kids are so loved and supported by their community and their teachers. Plus, I have always wanted to talk to plants or make my sewing do exactly what I want it to do. The rest of the Emelon books are also very good. The story continues with the Circle Opens books, where the four kids leave home and teach students of their own. If you want more media like this, just read all of Tamora Pierce. She's got like 20 books. It'll take you a little while. For adult fantasy books, try Sharon Shin, especially her Mystic and Writer series. And that's a wrap. Join me next time for a completely different genre as I talk about Three Men in a Boat by Jerome K. Jerome. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast. Comments, questions, you can email me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.